Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCathome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. We're glad you're here with us today. My name is Jerry, and my wife and I, we've been part of OCC for about four years now. Formerly, we worked overseas for many years and loved it, but God has called us here. We're going to wrap up the series of quests today with a message about someone who really had a quest for life. His name was Jonah. Many of you may know the story about Jonah. Just to give a a little summary, Jonah was a man of God that God had called him to go to a place called Nineveh to do a ministry there to the people. But Jonah decided that he didn't want to go and he he got on a boat and headed for another place called Tarsus. Well, during that trip, there was a big storm that came about and Jonah knew that he was in rebellion from God and he had the he had the men in the boat throw him over and he as everybody knows of if you know the story, that's the, the big fish came up and swallowed him, and he was in there for three days, three nights. He repented of his sins, and the, the fish um, vomited him, him out onto the land, and he uh, got cleaned up, and the, the, the word came the second time to Jonah, and he went to Nineveh this time, and, and he went and he preached a message of repentance, and, and the people repented. Well, sadly, Jonah in the end got upset because they repented. It didn't turn out like he wanted it to. But God God loved the people of Nineveh. And he, he wanted them to come to know him. And that's what happened. Today, though, as we look at the story of Jonah and his quest for life, I want us to start out with in the first chapter with verse 1. It says, one day the Lord spoke to Jonah, the son of Amittai. He said, go to Nineveh, the great city, and speak out against it. I'm aware of how wicked the people are. Jonah, however, set out in the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. He went to Joppa where he found a ship about to go to Tarsus. And he paid his fare and went aboard it. I know all of us uh, may feel like Jonah sometimes when we feel like maybe we God is wanting us to do something, but we want to go in a different direction. Often in life, we like to live by our impulses. I remember many years ago when I was living in the Midwest and uh, some of my college friends, they said, let's go ski together in uh, Colorado. I thought, great. Never, I'm from Florida, and I've never been skiing. I thought, this is great. So we go, and, and uh, they said, now the first day, you need to just stay on the, 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 the bunny slopes. Those are the ones where you just learn how to ski. It's where you turn your feet in, you look pigeon-toed, and you try to do what they call snow plow. And so I thought, okay, I can do this. And so the first day, I was just there snow plowing, and I kept on thinking, 
you know, I really want to do something uh, higher. Well, the next day, my buddy said, hey, you want to go up to the Black Diamonds with us? I said, let's go. And if any of you know, those of you who know anything about skiing, that was probably a bad decision on my part. But at that point, I thought, like they said, no guts, no glory. So I got on the ski lift. I started up the hill, the mountain. And as I started looking down, I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this is going to be interesting. And the further up we went, higher and higher and higher, I thought, Lord, what have I gotten myself into? Finally, we debarked from the uh, ski lift, and my friend, my buddies just took off on me down the hill, and I started looking down. I thought, Lord, please help me. And so I started going down, trying to snowplow on the on the um, diamond slopes. Well, all of a sudden, I took off flying. And I hate to say it, but it wasn't ski first. It was head first. I mean, if they had ski jump competition during during that day, I, I, I think I would have won. I mean, I just felt myself going so high, then all of a sudden I planted my my face right down into the snow. And I felt every bone in me was going to break. Fortunately, nothing did. Just my pride. So I look back and I see all my stuff a 100 feet in back of me. And I keep thinking... How am I going to get the stuff and get up there? Well, finally, I I got everything together and I started then thinking, how am I going to get down? And so I just started rolling and scooting, rolling and scooting, and and it was it was in the morning, so I and the uh, the 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 ski lift closed at five o'clock, and so I knew I had some time. Well, finally, I. I make it back down to the bottom of the of the mountain. The and, and as I'm walking back to the lodge, I, I come up to uh, uh, there's a ski patrol uh, person comes up to me and he he said, "Did you see some guy up the mountain there in the black diamonds just rolling down the hill?" And I just looked at him. I said, "You know, sir." I bet he will never do that again. And I just went on to the ski lodge and I thought, you know, I think I'm going to stick to scuba diving. It's a lot safer. But you see what happened was I did that on impulse. I thought, ah, no problem, I can do it. Well, this is how Jonah chose to go to Tarsus. He knew God wanted him to do something, but he wanted to go somewhere else. And that's what he did. See, Nineveh was about 500 miles. Tarsus was about 2,800 miles the other way. And believe me, Tarsus is a very beautiful place. They say that it was on the southern coast of Spain, which happens to be where my wife and I did our language studies. And I can see why he wanted to go to Tarsus. I mean, he could have set up a beach ball ministry there. He could have done something. It was a very beautiful place. I didn't want to leave our language studies because I loved it there. It was very very beautiful. And that's where he wanted to go. To escape what God had called him to do. But you know, we live in a in a culture that's 
that lives on impulse. I mean, you go into the store and they have the impulse rack by the checkout counter. You look at, and they want you to start salivating while you're waiting in line, hoping you're going to buy something. Of course, they never have mine, which is a moon pie, but that's okay. I, I, uh, I, you know, you, you don't want to look at that too long if you're tempted towards sweets. But you think about how we live by our impulses. We have phrases today like, just do it. It's now or never. Sounds like a country song. I did it my way. You only go around once in life. Just go for it and let the chips fall where they may. Love the one you're with. And then what I, what was popular on the, uh, in, uh, when I was skiing, no guts, no glory. We live with our compulsions. We live with our impulses. We live with desires in our lives. And, and, and they're all a part of our, of our human nature. But you know, when you come to Christ, you discover that God often wants to do something greater than what your impulses want, want you to do. But when you live by your impulses, you discover life is a swap shop. And rarely does it give the receipts if you're in, in, in the refund that you're wanting in life if it doesn't work out. When we lived in Guatemala... Teens would come down and we would take them to the marketplace. And they, I would always tell them, whatever you buy, whatever you negotiate for, there are no refunds. You can't take it back if it breaks or if it's something you don't like, sorry. Well, that's how it is many times when we make Wrong choices in life. Maybe maybe you experienced that and, and had buyer's remorse with a car you bought or a boat you bought or, or, or a home and going in great debt. But the question, the bottom line question is this. It's what Jesus said in Luke 12, 24. Where's your heart? He, he said where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You see, for Jonah, his, tre- his heart was in Tarsus. And so, he gave himself, to, he gave everything he had to get there. And in our life today, we have, we have four basic commodities in life. And every day, we can give, we give those things away. For good, or for evil. For things that can last for eternity. Or things that can just last for the moment. Basically they are our time. Our energy. Our resources. And you know, there's somebody who I think represents that in, in, in such a unique way. I brought him with me. His name is Wiley Coyote. If you know anything about the cartoon, he is always pursuing a bird called the Roadrunner. You know, beep beep. But it doesn't matter what Wally does, he never can catch his one goal in life. 
the roadrunner. I mean, he spends his time, he spends his energy, and he spends his resources trying to catch that bird. And it doesn't matter whatever what it takes, he's going to do it. But every time he fails, something tragically happens to him. Maybe you're like that in life of where you pursue things and you keep going at it and it doesn't matter what it takes. You're going to try to buy it. You're going to try to win it. You're going to try to, to enjoy it. But in the end, you never can really be satisfied and content in your heart. Because there's still that hole, there's still that cavity. The question, I think, is it's real easy to ask. Does what we yearn for and give our lives to, does it really bring the peace in our heart that we so much want, that only God can provide? Second point is, impulse choices can have unplanned consequences. It says in Jonah 1.4, But the Lord sent a strong wind on the sea, and the storm was so violent that the ship was in danger of breaking up. And verse 12, Jonah answered, Throw me in the sea, and it will calm down. I know it is my fault that you are caught in this violent storm. So they took Jonah and threw him in the sea. At some point, Jonah realized that he had rolled the dice and lost. Suddenly, before he was thrown overseas, he realized he had made a mistake. He was on the wrong boat. Why? Because his compass, as in Jack Sparrow, as uh, uh, Scott was sharing a few weeks ago, his, his compass was set on himself. And realized it was broken. But now he felt it was too late. You see, the problem wasn't the whale. The problem was his heart. The problem was he wanted to live in that la-la land, that fantasy land. He wanted to go to that place where he could just get lost in life. And in our pursuit, many times, we, we, we crave for that. We long for that. But ne- can never find it. My question to you today is, have you been swallowed up by your desires? Have you been kind of engulfed in the waves of, of dreams that came crashing down about you? Maybe you feel like Jonah. You're floating around in debt <laughs> or, or in a broken relationship or maybe an addiction. And you know that everything you longed for, everything you looked for to bring you peace of mind, it never brought that joy. And now you're living with the consequences. The great news, though, is this, is that God gives second chances. And when he gives those second chances, don't waste it. Says in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, 
after Jonah had, had been in the well and he came out of it. Once again, the Lord spoke to Jonah. He said, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to the people the message I've given you. So Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. Folks, God has given us all a mission in life to live for him and to allow him to live in us. And when we live according to the purpose that God has given us, then we have joy, we have peace, and we have a mission in life. What is your mission in life? And I can tell you this, it doesn't matter what storms may come because sometimes when we take that, when we make that decision to follow God, that sometimes we're going to feel like we're in the belly of the well with everything going on around us. But you know, there's an inner peace because you know the power of God is there. Because there's a dependency on Him and, and there's a hope. Like, like you never had before. You see, one of the key, key parts of the verse about the word of God coming to Jonah a second time is, is the whole point of the word of God. Jonah experienced the word of God. It wasn't just like, okay, Lord, I'll go the second time. I believe he had a dramatic revelation. I know I would have. I've been stuck in in a well and all of a sudden I'm out and I'm still alive. I may not feel too good. I may look pretty bad, but I'm going to be glad. God has given me another, a, a, a second lease on life. And whatever he's called me to do, I'm going to do it. Have you had that encounter in your own life? John put it this way when he had his encounter in the New Testament. The disciple John in John 1, 14, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Do you have the glory of God in your life? Peter put it this way, You are the Christ, the Son of a living God. You're you're just not up there in the sky somewhere. You are living here among us. And Paul put it this way. Christ in you and in me, the only hope of glory in Colossians 1.27. And he also stated in Romans 8.11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. They had that divine encounter. And their lives were never the same. It did not matter where God called them. They knew that they were going with a mission. They were going in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that's exactly what Jonah experienced. Some people say the safest place to be is in the middle of the will of God. Sometimes that can be the most dangerous place. Because you're walking by faith. You're walking in the unknown, but you're walking in trust with the Lord. You say, well, Jerry, I have impulse thoughts. I have compulsive 
I, I have com- compulsive thinking. How do I overcome that? Well, one, admit it. First, say, hey, you know, I admit what other people may, may already have been telling you, especially if you're married, maybe your wife. <laughs> Just admit it. Second thing is surrender that to the Lord and say, Lord, I need to start following you. I need to give up my Tarsus and start following you to Nineveh, whatever that means. Third, ask somebody to help you, to pray with you, to to really encourage you to overcome impulsive decisions. And you, you, you're willing to listen to them and say, you know, you're probably right. In conclusion, I, I, I think it, it's easy to see that there's a Jonah in all of us. We all have our fears. We ha- all have compulsive thinking at times. We all have those longings, those desires. We all have our fears. We all like the good times. Like Jonah had been living in there in Israel until God called him away. Second, there's also a Nineveh that God has called us to. And that Nineveh may be a location. Maybe God's calling you to go somewhere. Overseas. Or maybe somewhere around here to get out of your safety zone. To get out of your bubble. And begin ministering to other people. You say, I cannot do that. You're right, you can't. Because our hearts want to go, always want to gravitate towards Tarsus. But if you surrender that to the Lord and just say, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do whatever you call me to do. Or maybe your Nineveh is overcoming a dependency on a chemical or on a relationship or or something that controls your life other than Christ. Start walking towards Nineveh and Christ will meet you there. And third, there's always that Tarsus in our ear. Hey, just go on. Take it easy. Enjoy life. You'll make it someday. You know, sometimes... People get swallowed by their wells, they're there of life, but they keep on wanting to pursue that boat to Tarsus. But they never get there. And I'm just saying that those temptations are always there. I know when we came back from our first term from living overseas as, as missionaries, we were we were there in uh, Spain for four years, and we came back. That first four years was probably the the hardest four years of my life. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And when we came back, I'll be honest, my my wife and I didn't feel like uh, missionaries. We felt like the mission field. We needed help. <laughs> well, as as God began just to work in our hearts, our lives, I got a call one day from an area director over North Africa. And he said, I want you to give me three reasons why you shouldn't go to North Africa when you go back overseas. I, I told him, I said, I'll give you 3,000. But number one, I just don't want to go. 
He says, okay. Well, you just pray about it. I said, God, are you telling him something that I don't know? And so I began praying in a way that, God, you really don't want me to do this, do you? (laughs) And as I began just to listen to the Lord and wait on the Holy Spirit, I began to hear him tell us that, yes, you need to go. And God worked in a marvelous way because we, we went and we saw God do some great things that we never would have seen had we stayed there. You see, faith is facing your fears in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Faith means leaving, faith means facing your fears in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results with God. I can go towards Nineveh, whatever that Nineveh is in my heart. Because it's a God calling, and I know he who called me will help me go all the way. There was a little girl one time on a plane, flying. And she, she was flying. Uh, she, her parents weren't with her there in the seat, and, and she was uh, strapped in. But she was playing with her dolls, and all of a sudden, a big storm came. And the plane began to um, lurch and and begin to drop. And the pilot came on and just tried to reassure the people that it was going to be okay. And But everybody was just tense and, and fierce and, and thinking this plane is going to crash. Well, everybody looked at this little girl and she just was so content there playing with her little dolls. And, and nobody could figure it out. How could she have so much peace when... All the adults around her are are fearing death. Finally, the plane landed, got out of the storm, the plane landed, and there was this gentleman who was sitting across the street across the the aisle from her, and he went up to her and uh, in the airport and said, "Honey, I cannot believe you were sitting so content, so peaceful." In that storm when all of us were so worried. How could you do that? And the little girl looked up to the man and said, Sir, that's easy. My dad was the pilot. My question to you today is, Who's your pilot? Is your compass broke? God wants to give you a new one. That points due north. To him. And as you follow him, you will see what David talked about in Psalms the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's my prayer for you today. That whatever Nineveh God is calling you to, that you will overcome it. And you will fulfill your call in life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you have a calling on all of our lives. Lord, it may be to another location or it may not be. It may be just to overcome some dependency in our life, whether chemical or a relationship or or something behavioral, Lord, something that does not honor you. And Lord, may our focus be on you and you alone. 
And Lord, help us take those baby steps of faith. And as we do, you will be there to guide us and to comfort us. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us. And join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.